Hey everybody, good to see you here. You can be seated. Um, I'm back. <laughs> Had a few um, hiccups in the last month or so um, with health issues that were crazy health issues. And I'm back, it's all good. Just so you know. So I just want to welcome you all to Ignite Life Church. I want to welcome the um, Ignite 45 live stream um, followers. Bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, bless you. Um, so I've entitled, I've titled my message. I figure if Keith can do it, then I can too. Um, I titled this message, Life with Jesus is so much better. Amen. So much better. So we're going to start off with a scripture from Isaiah. It's Isaiah. And if you're taking notes, I'll try to go slow, but um, just take the scriptural thingies if you're doing that, because I know that some people do. Um, Isaiah 60, verses 2 to 3. This particular verse really um, struck me. It struck me so bad, I pulled out my pastels. And I, I actually did a, a piece of artwork for um, Bowen for his 30th birthday. And it, this scripture always gets to me. It says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. There are quite a few scriptures in the Bible that talk about Jesus being a light, which is great. You know, he is, he's light. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. You know, life with Jesus is so much better because whether you have good times or bad times, great times or terrible times, when you walk them with Jesus, he walks you through. And it's amazing um, what he can do in and through you and just the depth that God places within us during those dark times. So here in Isaiah, um, he's talking about Jesus um, coming upon the earth. He is a light that will pierce through the gross darkness. You know, when I was a kid growing up, gross meant really disgusting, horrible. Does, is that the same thing that you girls think it means? When it talks about gross darkness here, it means dark that's so dark that you can hardly see anything. In fact, you can't see anything because it's gross darkness, right? So I just want to tell you a little story. Um, we come from New Zealand and we moved to Australia in 2008. Before we moved to Australia, I was homeschooling our kids because Keith and I lived in a mobile home. Please note I didn't say bus, Keith. Keith and I lived in a mobile home and we travelled for about six years um, with our children up and down um, New Zealand. It was a fairly... I liked it. I got a bit sick of it after a while, but I liked it. But um, I homeschooled our children and wherever we went... Um, is what I taught the kids on, basically. And we found ourselves being able to do a tour through the South Island of New Zealand. And we went to a famous glowworm cave in a place called Tiano. Does anyone know that? Lake Tiano, it's just outside of uh, Lake 
Oh, what's the other place in, in, in South Island? Oh, I lost Queen, Queenstown, sorry. So it's just, not, it's just on the outs, it's a little bit out from Queenstown. Yeah, south. It's not there, all right? I don't do geography well, the kids do. Anyway, we went, to, we went on a trip to go to the Glowworm Caves in Tianau. You know, we were pretty excited about it. Um, we arrived at, at the jetty on one side and, and we were led onto this really luxury cruiser. It was like this gigantic speedboat. And um, we, we went across Lake Tianau to its western side where we stopped at another jetty and got off and then a guide came and he led us to the opening of the caves. And I was like, oh, right, opening, cave, cave. And then he proceeded to lead us through a series of windy, twisty um, pathways. They had all metal handrails, so it's not like it could fall off the edge or anything. And, there was, and it was lit with um, lighting up on the side, and we walked down and down and down into the earth. Um, we came to another small jetty where they put us into a boat, which was kind of like a little rowboat thing, you know? And the water was so, it was, by the time we got down there, there was a little bit of light and you could see the water, but it was so dark, who knew what was under there or how deep the water was. And I was not going to put my hand in there to find out. So um, we were going along in this boat and it got darker and darker and darker to the point where it got so dark, I'm freaking out because my brain is going, hang on, I'm coming back in. My brain is going, (laughs) my brain is going, if anything happens, I can't even save the kids. If they fall out, I can't even, I was holding my hand like this and I could not see my hand. I knew it was there, but I couldn't see it. The darkness was that intense. It was that gross. Um, All the time that we're going through this dark place, the God is rattling on about statistics and how deep we are under the earth and blah, blah, blah. My My brain's in my chest going like this. Can you hear it? Pounding, absolutely pounding. As we came down, you kind of saw a little bit of a glow And we rounded a couple of corners and we found ourselves in this amazing underground subterranean grotto. And the grotto was magnificent. And up on the ceiling were um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tiny little lights, which were the glowworms. Why am I telling you this story? In 1 John 18, 12, Jesus spoke to the people and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When Jesus spoke these words, he was, uh, had just finished having a, um, a, a to-do, <laughs> a kind of like an argument with the Pharisees because they had just come and, and thrown a woman caught in adultery before him and tried to trick him Um, into mistaking his, you know, what he thought should happen with her, basically. They were trying to catch him out by the word of the law. But, of course, he got out of it. And it was also at a time when the um, Israelites were, um, 
celebrating what they called the Feasts of Tabernacles. So the, the town was filled with people all come together to, to celebrate the Feasts of Tabernacles. And one of the things that the Feasts of Tabernacles is about was that um, it was celebrating when the Israeli, Israelites were in the desert. When they first came out of Egypt, they were in the desert. And God would lead them with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. How many people here know that story? Wave your hands. Excellent. Um, If you want to look up that story, then I suggest you go to Exodus 13. Okay? Um, Verse 2 of Exodus 13 says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire. It also was to remind them how God had promised to send his Messiah to be a light for the world. Okay, that's what the Feast of Tabernacles were about. And so Jesus was speaking to the people at this time and he said to them, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How cool is that? Isaiah 42, 6, verse 1, that's Isaiah 42, 6, sorry, yeah, verse 6, says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and will hold your hand, I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisons from prison, and those who sit in darkness from the prison house. And that line there, those who sit in darkness from the prison house, is a whole message in itself. Because you do not have to be in prison to be behaving as if you are. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, he meant it. He meant it. If you follow him, you will never walk in darkness again, but have the light of life guiding your way. In the glowworm caves in Lake Tianao, we had decided to go on that journey. You know, in, in, the, in that darkest spot, my brain was going, why, oh, why, oh, why did you do this? Why? Why did you bring your kids here? You know, I had four children. There was Keith and I, and we had two in one boat and two in another, I think it was. And my whole, my whole body cried out because I couldn't protect my family. There was, you know, and, and in that moment, there's like a thousand um, thoughts that race through your mind. So it's much like when you start the journey of following Christ in your life. At first, it's really great. In fact, it's quite exciting. And, um, you know, just like when we were speeding across the lake in a, in, a, in a launch and it was just so exciting, that's how it can be when you first get saved. It's just so great. There's, you know, the, the sky is bluer, the clouds are lovely and fluffy, and the, the grass even looks greener. You know, you know, you guys remember that? Remember that? You know, you ask something for the Lord and it drops in your lap. Poof, bang. And um, see, the thing is, is that we will encounter windy pathways. 
And sometimes we're going to encounter windy pathways that go down, down, down into the earth. Now, I'm not saying we're all going to go for a trip down the, in the earth. You get that, eh? It's like the, the, these things that happen to us, particularly in this time with COVID, you know, it's okay to be sad, all right? It's all right even to be grieving sad. You can even cry in your sadness, but that is not depression. There is a huge step between someone being sad and someone grieving and being feeling down to depression. Depression is a, as, as a mental illness is a whole different thing. I get so, you know, people bandy the word depressed around so much, it makes me feel like throwing up. Well, you, you know, because if you knew what depression was, you would not be banding it around quite so easily. Depression is when your spirit is in gross darkness. There is a difference. Depression is when you hold your hand up in front of your face and it is so dark you can't see it. In the spirit, see, we we go on about this stuff. Oh, so-and-so is depressed. Excuse me. They may be sad. They may be lonely. They may be going through difficult times. But clinical depression is just a whole new level. You can't get out of it. Um, I'm talking about this because I know what that feels like. I do. Um, so I came to Australia I had a limp and within the first year I was using a stick by the time the second year we were in, in second and two and a half years into Australia I was using two sticks just to get around um, I couldn't get it sorted out with the health um, department here because I wasn't an Australian citizen, I was a New Zealand citizen. And so I found myself at the end of two and a half, maybe three years here in Australia, looking at having to go in a wheelchair. I couldn't get the operations that I needed done quickly, so I went on a list. Um, After a while, I actually ended up in a wheelchair with the doctor saying to me, look, if you can't get the operations done by such and such time, you're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life, blah, blah, boobble, boobble. And man, you know, that's like being in a place that is so dark, you can't see your hand, let alone the hand of God. And I found it very difficult. Did I get clinically depressed? I came pretty close to it. But this is what happened to me. And if it can happen to me, it is available to you. God spoke to me. He said to me, for behold, the darkness shall cover you and gross darkness will cover you. But the Lord shall rise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. And Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Um, Do I think I'm Jesus? Not. (laughs) No way. But there's something about knowing the word of God that is a light. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, Thy word, again, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is the God that we serve. He gives us answers before we even slide down, down, down into depression. into gross darkness. 
I decided at that time that I was going to keep myself focused on God, on Christ, on um, the Holy Spirit, on Father God. I, I zeroed in and I, I read a whole bunch of books. Probably people have heard me say this. I read this saying by a lady, Emmy, I've forgotten her name, sorry. Um, she, she would say, just because I'm in pain doesn't mean I have to be one. And I, I, and I made a decision that I was not, even though I was in pain often, and it, was, it got to the point where I was, you know, tanked up on painkillers just so that I could get to and from work and stuff, you know, and I was having to balance it out because I was driving a car, for goodness sakes. And so, you know, like the pain was like a steady companion, and at times that pain would overwhelm me. Well, one year went by, and I was waiting on the promise that God was going to get me healed. Um, Zach got married. Um, Izzy got married, um, and then when Karen, uh, when Jerusha got married, I promised myself, and I made a promise to God that I would trust Him to make it possible for me to get out of the wheelchair and dance at Jerusha's wedding. Did I do like a full-on, you know, dance routine? No, nah. <laughs> I would not even do that at the best times. But God stood with me. I had a series of operations that kind of came about. I'm not going to go into it. It's just too much detail. But, Jerusha, did I dance at your wedding? Yes, I did. You see, what happens in darkness is that you cannot see. You cannot go any further. The darkness shuts out all hope. And suddenly you find yourself in this place where you just feel like really, really gross. And the problem with depression is you can't get out. You need help. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's not talking about us never, ever, ever having to walk through darkness. Keith's been preaching out of um, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why not? Because God is with you. He does not always answer you the way that you want him to. Gosh, wouldn't that be nice? I would have won the 80 million this week. (laughs) No, I'm only kidding. Um... You know, when we were doing the trip through Tiar now and going through down into the belly of the earth is what it felt like, um, we had a guide. We had a guide. There will be times when you will go down into the valley and it will be dark, but you have a guide every step of the way every step of the way. When we don't have Jesus, we're trapped. We just don't know it. We're trapped. I used to say to the church and to Keith, man, I don't know how people do this life without God. Well, guess what? They don't, guys. 
That's why our mental health statistics in Australia and other parts of the world are going absolutely ballistic because people doing life without Jesus can't cope. They can't. Um, Good and bad times come and go and sometimes they can be really dark. But if you don't have Jesus there to shine the light on you, to guide you through the dark times, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. In Acts 26, 18, Jesus tells us that he came to open our eyes, to turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, so that we may receive forgiveness of sins and place and find a place among those who are sanctified by faith in him. Man, that's such a long sanctified forgiveness. What does it mean? If you don't have Jesus in your life, how do you walk the dark times? How do you do it? And even when you do have Jesus, you know, the thing that drives me crazy is when I'm dealing with Christians who have Jesus living in them, they're going through dark times, and the last thing they would even think of is going to Jesus. And it's like, guys... I know this sounds really daft, but he actually works. He actually works. You know that song, I'm Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Even though I can feel it, you're working. Even though I can see it, you're working. Jesus is working on your account all the time. One of the things I must say about dark times is that you can feel very alone. But you see, if you know the word of God, if you come into his presence on a regular basis, that's like you know saying hi to your husband and let's have breakfast together and talk over the day kind of stuff. You know, If you have a relationship, like a living, breathing, real relationship with Jesus, he can lead and guide you through any situation you may find yourself in. And I, I can, you can take that to the bank from me. It's absolutely true. Um, how do I know this? Psalm 139 verse 7 to 12 says, and this is one of my favorite psalms. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be as light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. We think of darkness as this really evil, evil, evil place, right? And, and, there, and it can be. When you're going through dark times, like spiritually and emotionally and mentally, darkness can be really evil. But you need to understand that God dwells everywhere, all at once. And that includes the dark places. Dark times have helped me to understand that God himself will take my hand. That God himself will speak 
words of healing into me and words of encouragement, if I will only let him. That in that darkness, there is a beauty that you cannot even describe as you learn the, the trustworthiness of this God that you have put your life on the line for. At the lake caves in Tianau, there was that really, really dark space. And as we saw a glow up ahead, it was like, oh, thank you, thank you, there's a glow up ahead. And then as we came around the corner into the grotto and the ceiling was a light, it was like, oh my God, you are amazing. That's literally what happened. Oh my God, you are amazing. Kids, look at this. Look at that light. It was like being um, in space. It was like we were in space, right in, in the Milky Way. The thing about darkness that we don't understand is that, you know, have, have you ever noticed, and the kids have been saying stuff to me in the past, that some of the most precious things that on earth are hid in the dark? Where do you get gold? It just lies on the ground. Diamonds, oh heck, they just pop up. Emeralds, sapphires. They're deep. They're deep. Some of the greatest treasures that you will ever find out or know about God will be found in your most difficult times. You will never understand how strong you are until that strength has been tempered by darkness. Amazing, eh? C.S. Lewis said this, and I love this. I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun. Not because I can see it, but by it I can see everything else. This light of Christ that we have, even in the darkness, allows us to see everything else by it. I just want to read to you um, the John 8, 12 verse. And, you know, if you guys could mark it, highlight it in your Bible, highlight it in your, in your, um, your, your app Bible. John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'd just like you guys to bow your heads if I could, please. I'm just gonna pray. You guys online, you can bow your head and, and pray with me. Father God, I thank thank you. I thank you for the privilege of being able to work in this place and, and, and do what I do because of you. I thank you for the light that you have shone in my dark spaces and the light, Lord God, that I trust that you will shine in these people who are listening to your word and following you the light that they will find will guide them along your way. 
Lord God, I pray and I ask for a blessing upon your people that as your word goes forth, it will accomplish that which you have purposed it to, Lord God. Bring light to the dark spaces and places, I ask in Jesus' name. Let us be your light carriers, Lord God, that we would shine your light in dark places and spaces. And Lord God, I ask in Jesus' name that all that we do would be surrendered unto you. Hallelujah. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen.